Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 171, Grease 2. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't and it's my birthday. Yay! It is my birthday today. Welcome to the Verbal Diorama Bowlerama to all of you amazing listeners. Thank you so much for being here. Whether you're a brand new listener, a regular returning listener, Thank you for being here for my birthday, for choosing this podcast on my birthday, and I'm so happy to have you here for the fourth annual birthday episode of this podcast. Now, previous birthday episodes have been on such cinematic behemoths as The Iron Giant, Jurassic Park, and Labyrinth. And all of those movies are very special to me in very different ways. They're movies I grew up with, movies that I have a very deep affection for. And yes, I feel the same way about Grease 2. I absolutely love Grease 2. It is my favourite Grease. It is the superior Grease. And I feel like a lot of people are going to come at me. And I'm not here to trash Grease. Because without Grease, we would not have Grease 2. But also, at the same time as it being my birthday, I realised that as of right now, today, yesterday, many kids are actually going back to school again. And so I figured it would be the perfect time, not only to talk about the history of Greece 2, but also the legacy of Greece 2. Before I do, I want to say a huge thanks to friend of the podcast, perennial commenter Andy. He actually sang me a little song and I included it on the introduction. Thank you, Andy, so much for the singing introduction. Before I jump into Greece 2, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who listened to the August episodes and allowed me a little time off in the month of August. To Gally, Andy, Jack, Drew and Matt for joining me for those episodes. If you're not aware, I spent my time wisely uh, and the podcast now has a new addition. Regular listeners will know that I lost my cat, Jess, in March after a brief illness. 
She was 17 years old and she got sick very suddenly. And I was genuinely heartbroken when she died. And I knew that I wanted another cat, but I wanted the right one to come along. And she has come along. Her name is Evie. She's named after the lead character in the greatest movie ever made. Unfortunately, that's not Grease 2, but maybe the second greatest movie ever made is Grease 2. But as of this episode, she's coming up to five months old. Uh, I actually adopted her from my local cat's protection charity. And just like her namesake, she's very sweet, very adventurous. She's a great explorer. She also loves catching spiders, which is interesting considering the very next episode that's going to be coming out on this podcast. So spending my vacation in the summer sun, getting lots of action and a lot of fun, scoring like a bandit till the bubble burst, suddenly it got to be August 31st, because that's my birthday. So come on, everybody, gather around. I'm going to show you how to knock them down. When I'm on the ball, I'm the number one, and I'm going to show you how it's done. Let's listen to the trailer for Grease 2. Heels on your sneakers, and we'll make you a center. Hello, boys. Good morning, Miss Mason. I would really love to see all of you in music appreciation this year, okay? I'd like to see all of you in music appreciation this year. <laughs> you just might. Oh, I think I'm in love. time of the month for a woman to conceive? A night. I got your pistol right here. I've missed my last two periods. That's all right, dear. You can make them up after school. Hey, 
you grow up. A burden on society. <laughs> Goes on forever. It's another year at Rydell High School, two years after Danny and Sandy flew off into the sky, and Sandy's cousin Michael, a straight laced English student, is the new guy at Rydell. Stephanie, the pink lady's foxy blonde leader, has broken up with Johnny, the T Bird's leader but she still looks her men dangerous, even as Michael starts to attract her attention. Now Michael needs to up his game, learn how to ride a motorcycle and transform himself into Stephanie's hot leather-clad fantasy. I did not write this. This synopsis came from IMDB. However, he needs to become the cool rider. I did make that bit up myself. Let's run through the cast. We have Maxwell Caulfield as Michael Carrington, Michelle Pfeiffer as Stephanie Zanoni, Adrian Zamed as Johnny Nogarelli, Lorna Lust as Paulette Rebchuk, Christopher McDonald as Goose McKenzie, Maureen Teethy as Sharon Cooper, Peter Frechette as Louis DiMucci, Alison Price as Rhonda Ritter, Leith Green as David Jaworski, Pamela Siegel as Dolores Rebchuk, Didi Conn as Frenchie, Eve Arden as Principal McGee, Dodie Goodman as Blanche, Sid Caesar as Coach Calhoun, Tab Hunter as Mr. Stewart, and Connie Stevens as Miss Mason. Um, I can't help Mr. Stewart without going, Mr. Stewart, is it true that guys like you, you know, like mature and all, carry some protection with them for sexual occasions? Um, that is Mr. Stewart. <laughs> I don't know if that's verbatim. That's that's just what was in my head. I'm not reading that off anything. It just it just kind of came to me. Also, in another connection to Greece, because there are several connections to Greece in this movie. Matt Latanzi played Brad, one of the prep tones in Greece too. He would actually go on to marry Olivia Newton John in 1984. Greece too was written by Ken Finkelman and directed by Patricia Birch, who also choreographed the movie. As I'm going to come to, Patricia Birch was the choreographer of Grease, the stage show, and also the original movie. So Grease is the word, apparently. And the ongoing popularity of Grease is a pop culture behemoth. And while this episode is certainly not going to be a double episode on both movies, I feel like to understand Grease too, you need to understand just how huge Grease was. Grease was obviously a huge box office success. It became Paramount's second highest grossing film after The Godfather. It was the highest grossing film of 1978, the highest grossing musical of all time until Les Miserables. It's considered one of the best films of 1978. It was nominated for an Academy Award, five Golden Globes, had sing-along versions released, sold 30 million soundtrack albums, ranking among the biggest selling soundtrack albums of all time, and the Grease Megamix appears on more wedding and birthday disco mixes than any other song in existence. Okay, so the last one may be not true, but make no mistake, Grease is and was the word. Everyone was obsessed with Danny Zuko and Sandy Olsen 
And after they flew off in their magical car after being the one that each other wanted, it's hardly surprising that a sequel was commissioned. Grease, originally a musical by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, tells the story of working-class greasers in 1959 Rydell High School. Originally debuting in 1971 in Chicago, the stage show moved off-Broadway in 1972 and received seven Tony Award nominations. It later moved to Broadway where it ran until 1980. The original Broadway cast includes huge names like Peter Gallagher as Danny, Richard Gere as Sonny, Patrick Swayze did a stint as Danny, John Travolta, yes him, he did a stint as Doody, Jeff Conaway, who also starred in Grease, starred as Danny, and Treat Williams also had a stint as Danny. Grease basically became a huge hit live show across the world. And so, of course, a movie version happened, directed by Randall Kleiser, with a screenplay by Bronte Woodard, adapted by Alan Carr, who bought the movie rights in 1972. The urban Chicago setting was replaced with a suburban one. Producer Robert Stigwood managed acts like the Bee Gees, as well as produced movies like Saturday Night Fever. He'd signed John Travolta to a million-dollar three-picture deal in 1976, as well as insisting the theme song be written by his client Barry Gibb. Grease was, as I said, choreographed by Patricia Birch, who'd also choreographed the Broadway musical. And Grease, as I said, made huge amounts of money for its producers, including Alan Carr. A sequel was commissioned a few years after the original, with Robert Stigwood and Alan Carr producing yet again. Louis St. Louis, who provided the song Sandy for Grease, was also set to return for the sequel. Ken Finkelman was hired to write the script, and Patricia Birch was set to direct and choreograph. It was the first time a female choreographer had become a film director. This movie was her directorial debut and her only theatrical film directing credit. Originally titled More Grease, there was a great deal of pressure on Grease 2 to um, perform. The search for their cast began in earnest. In the Hollywood trade publications and gossip sections, they made every effort to find the leads for Grease 2. Numerous actresses and aspiring actresses vied for the part of Stephanie Zanoni, the leader of the Pink Ladies, the fictitious all-American Rydell High Sorority in 1961. The sequel's new twist, if you could call it that, was that the girl was going to be the greaser, the cool kid, and the boy was going to be the outsider. And he would be Sandy Olsen's English cousin, because, of course, it's got to be the English cousin. Maxwell Caulfield saw himself as the new James Dean, and he certainly looked the part, because, let's be honest, this is a very handsome man. After an off-Broadway performance of entertaining Mr. Sloan gave his career a boost, Caulfield was flown to Hollywood for a screen test for Grease 2. At the screen test, they gave him a leather jacket to wear while he sang the song Alone at a Drive-In Movie. While searching through the leather jacket's pocket, he discovered a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes and a small note addressed to the wearer of the jacket. It turned out the note was written by Olivia Newton-John to John Travolta and he realised he was wearing Travolta's Grease movie jacket. Was it fate? Well, <laughs> let's find out, shall we? And with his James Dean good looks and that trademark British accent that Americans love, let me tell you, Americans love the British accent. It's something that I get all the time on this podcast. But he nailed the part of the dorky Michael Carrington. He replaced Timothy Hutton in the role. And the template that the writers were given to create Michael was based around the youngest BG brother, Andy Gibb, who was up for the part but would eventually pass away from a heroin overdose. Other people up for the part of Michael included David Cassidy's brother, Sean Cassidy, 
Greg Evigan, the star of the TV series BJ and the Bear, rocker Rex Smith and singer Rick Springfield. But the casting wildcard who outperformed the others was Maxwell Caulfield. And when Caulfield signed up, the movie was then called Son of Greece. But over time, the production changed to Greece too. He wasn't happy with the change and petitioned the producers to change the name back to Son of Greece, saying the sequel deserved better than a numerical title. Following her second screen test, Michelle Pfeiffer was selected to play Stephanie Zanoni. And this was her first lead role as well. Patricia Birch would say, She sort of wandered in late in the day and she was just kind of delectable. I liked her right away. I remember there was this huge dance audition a few days later and she was hanging around in the background, very shy, and the only way I was able to pick her out was because she was wearing these purple boots. She didn't think she could dance, but she moved beautifully and she could act. I liked something about her right away. She had a quirky quality you don't expect. At a cost of about $150,000, the casting interviews and screen tests lasted for a number of months. Michelle Pfeiffer screen tested with Sean Cassidy. But despite never having auditioned opposite Maxwell Caulfield, the production agreed to pair them. Other people who also auditioned for the role of Stephanie Zanoni included Andrea McArdle, who created the role of Annie on Broadway, Lisa Hartman, star of television's Valley of the Dolls, and Christy McNichol. They were all strong contenders to be the leader of the Pink Ladies. Kim Carnes, Pat Benatar, and Debbie Harry reportedly turned the role of Stephanie down. Jennifer Beals turned down the role of Sharon for her starring role in Flashdance. It's easy to forget actually the pedigree behind the cast of Grease 2. This was Michelle Pfeiffer's first lead role, obviously. Adrian Zemed played Danny Zuko in Greece on Broadway. Lorna loved. She's the daughter of Judy Garland and the sister of Liza Minnelli. And 60s heartthrobs, one-time screen idol Tab Hunter and the bubbly blonde Connie Stevens. They starred as the teachers, Mr. Stewart and Miss Mason, respectively. Connie Stevens replaced Annette Funicello after she suffered from scheduling conflicts. Even Tom Cruise allegedly auditioned for the role of Johnny Nogarelli. Off-screen too, the crew wasn't without some serious talent. Charles H. Schramm was the makeup artist on Grease 2 and he'd worked in Hollywood since 1940. Ironically, he started on Judy Garland's Andy Hardy Meets Debutante. Grease 2 was his final makeup credit and he would be working with Garland's daughter, Lorna Luft. Patricia Birch might have never directed a movie before or after, but she choreographed every dance sequence, many of which contained hundreds of extras. Sure, most of those extras look like they're the parents of the kids at Rydell High. Seriously, find the scene when Michael is singing charades in the school canteen. The guy sitting to his right looks about 45. But the opening of Grease 2 is one of Patricia Birch's favourite things. She believes it's one of the best things anybody has ever done. She said so in an interview. But she managed to do a seven-minute, non-stop informational number where you get to know all of the characters. It's such a fun opening number. I love this movie. So Grease 2, it was 58 days of shooting in the autumn of 1981. And like many quick sequels, it started filming without a completed script in place, which led to the disappearance of Frenchie. In a 2003 interview, Dee Dee Conn explained why Frenchie disappeared halfway into the movie. She said the script was not finished when they began filming, but the draft they were using still included Frenchie. The character was written out during filming and she was told halfway through she was no longer needed. The filmmakers ultimately decided to include Frenchie in the final cut, though they had limited footage. 
Didi described the filming process as rushed, frantic and unorganised. They also cut a key sequence in which Frenchie teaches Michael to ride a motorcycle and become his secret cool rider alter ego, despite that offering something of a conclusion to her arc. Early drafts of the script had John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John reprising their roles as the now-married Danny and Sandy running a gas station, which, to be honest, I don't believe Danny and Sandy would ever run a gas station. There was also a draft with Kaniki and Rizzo, played by Jeff Conaway and Stuff Card Chatting, as the protagonists of Grease 2, with the characters attending summer school, but obviously that also did not materialise. Grease 2, unlike Grease, was shot at Excelsior High School in Norwalk, California. The school suffered substantial damage after an earthquake in 1933 and closed permanently in 1981. It is now an adult education centre. Now, you wouldn't necessarily connect this movie to Terminator 2, and because it's my birthday, I'm going to give you all a gift. So, I can tell you, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is coming to this podcast in a few weeks' time in sequel Temba. But I wanted to mention Gary Davis, because Gary Davis did the motorcycle stunts for Terminator 2. He also did the motorcycle stunts for Grease 2. He was the cool rider. Not only does Terminator 2 make him cool, but Grease 2 makes him extra cool. Michelle Pfeiffer didn't have a stunt double, and so she performed the stunt where she straddles the cool rider herself. And Gary Davis would say she was a wonderful person to work with, and pretty much everyone in this cast all says that Michelle Pfeiffer was an absolute darling to work with, and basically no wonder she became one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood. By all accounts, Michelle Pfeiffer really was the consummate professional during filming. Even in scenes without Maxwell Caulfield, she asked for him to be present off-camera because she felt it improved her performance. There have been many reports that Pfeiffer and Caulfield didn't get on during filming, but recent interviews with Caulfield especially have really attested to the fact that not only does he have a great deal of respect for Michelle Pfeiffer, but that the aftermath of the film's failure obviously affected him more than her. While Alan Carr was devastated the sequel didn't do better, and Patricia Birch would never direct again, citing a loss of memory during her working on Grease 2. Maxwell Caulfield has publicly admitted he struggled watching Michelle Pfeiffer's star go stratospheric while his has struggled. He would, of course, go on to have an iconic role as Rex Manning in Empire Records and literally has a day named after his character. Everyone knows Rex Manning Day. It's April the 8th, if you don't know. But Caulfield has also reiterated that he really enjoyed working with Pfeiffer and obviously just is absolutely enamoured by the fact that he worked with this amazing person and now she's literally one of the biggest names in the world. Michelle Pfeiffer did struggle initially with Grease 2's failure, meaning hardly no one wanted to hire her after it flopped. She was newly married at the time and didn't work for a year after Grease 2's failure. Brian De Palma was not interested in seeing Pfeiffer for his remake of 1932's Scarface, it was produced by Martin Bergman, who had a long association with Al Pacino, whom De Palma had cast in the title role. Bergman persuaded De Palma to give Michelle Pfeiffer a chance, and he was so impressed, he hired her. She starred as Elvira Hancock, and her star would continue to rise throughout the years, receiving three Academy Award nominations and seven Golden Globe nominations, winning Best Actress for The Fabulous Baker Boys. I'm going to segue into the obligatory Keanu reference for this episode because it's my birthday and of course Keanu's going to appear on my birthday. And while it, I can't really link him to Greece in any substantial way, I just want to let you know that I really do feel like this would be Keanu's favourite Greece. 
because it's my favourite grease. And therefore, I feel like we'd have an affinity and it would be the grease that we would watch together. But anyway, I digress. So while this soundtrack of Grease 2 failed to match the commercial success of its predecessor, it would peak as 71 on the Billboard album chart. And the lead single Back to School Again by The Four Tops also peaked at 71 on the Billboard Hot 100 in the US and at number 62 in the UK singles chart. Now, I absolutely love this soundtrack. It comes as no surprise to anyone who regularly follows me on social media. They will know how much I love Grease 2 and how much I love the songs of Grease 2. Now, I am going to mention towards the end that I did write an article for Film Stories on Grease 2 and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes because one of my favourite things about Grease 2 is the fact that it's so sexual because obviously the 60s was the start of the sexual revolution. And while the end of the 50s, everything was a bit more chaste in Greece, whereas Greece 2 really got to be a little bit more naughty. And I love it. I love that about Greece 2. So we have the four tops singing the title track Back to School Again, which is a great song. The iconic Cool Rider, which is my anthem, basically the anthem that I live my life by. Who doesn't want to score tonight? I know that I do. I am literally your girl for all seasons. I will do it for our country. I'm doing this episode for our country. I often ask myself, who's that guy? Mostly on dating apps, but also just generally in life. Normally, the guys on dating apps are prowling. Um, and unfortunately for me, there is no reproduction. <laughs> but, you know, what can I say? Dating apps, charades, um, and... Sometimes you've got to remember, love will turn back the hands of time. You might end up in a rockahula luau and you might say we'll be together, but generally you won't. Um, I, I think I got all of them in there, but you know, this is a really fun soundtrack. I love to listen to it. It is available on Amazon Music, by the way. And interestingly, if you listen to Do It For Our Country, the movie version contains both Lewis and Sharon singing together, but the track on the soundtrack only includes Peter Frechette, who plays Lewis. And that's because the actress who plays Sharon, Maureen Teefy, didn't actually make it to the recording session for Do It For Our Country. And that's why her vocals aren't on the official soundtrack and her voice was actually dubbed in later. So I don't need to tell you that Grease 2 was absolutely savaged by critics. And it didn't do very well financially. Now, it doesn't deserve any of that hatred. It doesn't deserve any of that box office bomb nonsense. Before the Savage Reviews started to appear, Paramount Studios had Michelle Pfeiffer on a coast-to-coast US tour to talk about Grease 2. And the advertising campaign for Grease 2 was really kind of hyping up the sex of this movie. Pfeiffer and Caulfield were pictured in big, sexy advertisements with the line, Too Hot. This is the level of sex that they were going for on the marketing for this movie. Now, normally sex sells, but it didn't really help Grease 2. And there's a reason why. Because when it opened on the 11th of June, 1982, it opened at the same time as E.T., the extraterrestrial. It also opened quite soon after Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Rocky III and Poltergeist. And really, with all the pressure on this movie and everything else that was going on in the box office, Grease 2 never really stood a chance to make its money back. On an $11.2 million budget, it would make $15.2 million. And while I think it's safe to say that the critical opinion on Grease 2 has warmed in recent years, it's now cool to admit that you prefer it to Grease. I think we can safely say. 
On the 11th of June 1982, in the New York Times, the respected critic Janet Maslin offered the view that while Pfeiffer couldn't hold up to Olivia Newton-John's singing, she was superior in every other way. Saying she has a sullen quality that is more fitting to a Grease character than Miss Newton-John's sunniness was. Also, though she is a relative screen newcomer, Miss Pfeiffer manages to look more insouciant and comfortable than anyone else in the cast. And while the sequel was largely dismissed by critics as stale and horribly dull, Grease 2 has gone on to become a cult classic. Now, although it didn't really win any awards, except for a nomination for Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, it does win the Verbal Diorama Superior Grease Award. It always wins the Superior Grease Award because... As I said, it is the superior Greece. Feel free to come at me if you want, but I will give you a really good reason why it is the superior Greece if you want to try and argue me down on that. There is no sequel to Greece 2, sadly, but Cool Rider the Musical, co-conceived and produced by Christopher D. Clegg and James D.P. Drury and directed by Guy Unsworth, played for originally one night only in January 2014 to a great reception. It was then played for a week in April 2014 and a Kickstarter for the original studio cast recording came out in May 2015. The show, in which the website doesn't actually mention Grease 2 at all, says in its blurb, The film told the heady and daring love story of two unlikely lovers and their road to romance from bowling alley to burger joint, sing-along a sex education class to talent show and long, beautifully lit romantic motorcycle rides to a slightly incongruous luau ending. Much like its musical prequel, the story follows the ancient high school motto, if you want the guy or girl, change your personality beyond recognition and wear overly tight leather in the finale. Following smash hit runs at the Lyric and Duchess Theatre, Cool Rider received five-star reviews and nine Broadway World nominations. But that's not the only thing that's come from Greece too, because in 1987, Prema Loka was the directorial debut of V. Ravi Chandran and is itself a loose Indian remake of Grease 2. The lyrics of two songs from Grease 2, Back to School Again and Who's That Guy, were retained as Hagona Kaliegi and Yarizanu, respectively, and sorry if I've mispronounced those, I probably have. The Grease cinematic universe will soon welcome both a prequel TV series, Rise of the Pink Ladies, and a movie, Summer Lovin'. Now, I'm not going to go through social media thoughts, but I am going to say that although it's safe to conclude that the movie had little to no impact on the movie business, bowling alleys all over the US did feel its effects because essentially Greece too revived bowling in the US, made it back into a popular pastime thanks to the bowling alley themed song Score Tonight and modern automated scoring. Bowling alleys in the US have been losing patronage before the film's premiere, but after it, they experienced a surge in interest. All of the bowling supplies for the movie were provided by Brunswick, and the bowling balls were created specifically to be secure and simple to use. They weighed two pounds and had a plastic outing while filled with lightweight styrofoam, and this was obviously so they could safely be danced with in Score Tonight. And as I said, I'm going to put... My article in the show notes that I wrote on Grease 2, it basically summarises everything you need to know about how and why I love this movie so much. Safe to say, I think this is the superior Grease. I think this is the Grease for all seasons. I absolutely love that Stephanie has so much agency in this story. I love that she chooses to have a man when she wants one on her terms. She doesn't want to be told she has to date a T-bird. I mean, she does end up with a T-bird in the end, but 
the fact that she is an independent woman in 1961, she's wearing trousers when she should be wearing skirts, and she realises that Johnny is bad for her. Well, it's unfortunate for Paulette that Paulette doesn't cotton on to the fact that Johnny is a bad guy until she actually stands up for herself and tells Johnny, look, you know, you have to make up your mind. Who do you want? Now, whilst I will admit this is not a perfect movie, I will say that I feel like this movie is more relatable than Greece. It's certainly more sexual than Greece. It's less problematic than Greece, although it is still problematic. But one of my favourite things that I found on the internet when I was researching for this episode was a promotional tour of Greece 2. It's a now 40-year-old performance from Adrian Zemed and Christopher McDonald, Peter Fouchette and Leith Green as the T-Birds. And it's from the 1980s hit television show, Solid Gold. It is available on YouTube. It's a really bad copy. But come on and tell us, Johnny. <laughs> What's the secret of success? <laughs> oh, I wish I could just do an episode of me singing songs from Greece too, because I really would. But I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't think I could get away with it. But... If I'm still doing this podcast in like 10 years, I really want to do like a 50th anniversary podcast version of Grease 2. And I want to get all of these podcasters together to like reenact Grease 2 and like sing all the songs. I don't know where it would stand from like, I was going to say reproduction, but I mean, it's kind of true, but like copyright, reproduction, you know what I mean, uh, point of view. But how, how amazing would that be? I would love that. <laughs> I'll put the link to the solid gold with Adrian Zamed and the T-Birds. It's basically a live performance of Prowling and it's wonderful. And it was performed live and it's exactly like in the movie. So yeah, enjoy that. This is obviously a birthday episode, so it's not a regular episode. I'm not going to go through all of the bits that I normally go through at the end, but I would love to hear your thoughts on Greece too. And you know, a lot of people don't like this movie and that's fine. I love this movie and I want to hear from you if you love this movie too. Please get in touch with me at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Let me know if you love Grease 2. Let's talk about Grease 2. Just a quick note that as of this episode being released, the next episode is coming out tomorrow and it is on Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 comes out tomorrow and it officially starts sequel Temba. Thank you as always to the patrons of this podcast. You know who you are. I don't need to list you guys today. but. Thank you so much for supporting me. Link to the Film Stories article that I wrote on Greece 2 is in the show notes. Please read it. And finally, if you really want to know what I want in a guy. Oh, well, I'm looking for a dream on a mean machine with hell in his eyes. I want a devil's skin, Thailander. He's got to be wild as the wind. I want by night. I'll be holding on tight to a cool rider. <laughs> Maybe. Bye.